Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome to a new episode of A Groom's Life. Today with me I have Jane Patchin who is a health and safety specialist which I can imagine it's not like a very sexy subject to talk about but I'm sure you'll be able to <laughs> liven it all up for us. So hi Jane, how are you doing? I'm really good thank you and thank you so much for having me on. I've been really excited about this all week. It's great to meet you and it's great to talk to you um, and hopefully I can demystify a bit of that health and safety um, and make it a little less boring um, than it is. That's kind of my whole aim really and um, that's why I set up this um, company to try and demystify it make it realistic and make it a little bit more sexy it's never going to be fully sexy but we'll try <laughs> love it thank you so much now I really appreciate you coming on and I think it's a very important subject to talk about as well especially um, you know within the question industry you know we may not be as health and safety as maybe we should be because we just you know crack on and deal with it but let's just start from like say the very beginning so would you mind telling us a little bit more about you and how um working in health and safety and sort of specializing in the equestrian industry how'd that all come about yeah no um so I've ridden since I was seven um been around horses since then after I finished um at school I didn't sort of get many qualifications I was too busy down the yard so I went and worked with horses um as most teenage girls did back then um and some of them still do now um Mm. And yeah, it was it was hard work. It was really tough. But at the time, I just accepted it for how it was. Um, we just got on with it. We got stuck in. Um, then I moved from Kent up to Lincolnshire. I decided I'm going to move into a bit of a different role. Um, and I'll skip the sort of middle bit and then get to the point where um, after I had kids, I went into sort of more of a quality role doing auditing um, and inspections. I then joined a company that asked me if I wanted to do health and safety so I thought yeah I'll give that a go so I went into that discovered that I got a huge passion for it um it's something that I'm really um on board with I absolutely love it I train it as my day-to-day job um and then um I've always wanted to specialize and get into a bit of consultancy but if you look around there are hundreds of health and safety consultants all kind of doing the same thing it's very much of a muchness everybody sort of um, looks at them and there's still very much a stigma attached with that sort of busty old job, you know, somebody with a clipboard telling us what to do. Mm. Um, So because I'd got that experience with horses, I've got my own horse as well. I decided actually, do you know what? There's a gap there where no one's sort of really helping the equestrian side of it. We know that we're doing things with our horses or when we manage our yards that we shouldn't necessarily be doing but actually, how do we get away from that? How do we make it a safer place to work? So I aim to bring a realistic input into that and say, right, OK, you know, this is what the law says. This is what you're trying to do. Let's try and meet it in the middle. Um, and from that, I then um, decided to set up my own company, Take Up the Reins, Health and Safety, which I started last January. So it kind of is what it says, really. It's I'm trying to encourage you to take up the reins, move forward with your health and safety and you know understand the requirements know what's expected but in a friendly down-to-earth approachable and realistic way okay it doesn't need to be scary um it's not it's not like it used to be when it's all just like piles of paperwork and lots of um stress Uh, so I try and bring that realistic input to it and because 
I understand the horse side and I've been on both sides. Um, I find it that I, I can appreciate what people are trying to deal with a lot more. Whereas I think for somebody who just works in health and safety, they don't see the issues that, you know, we come across at yards. It's not that nice, neat little office. It's not that perfect environment. Um, and it's the same, I work with farmers as well. So I work with the agricultural industry too. And it's the same with them. It's, you know, it's working out how we can fit with what the requirements are and keep everybody safe at the same time. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So what, what are the um, typical uh, health and safety risks? Is that the right terminology that you kind of come across quite often? Say like, a, I'm assuming it's like livery yards and riding schools that you attend to. Yeah, livery yards, riding schools. I also work for um, an events company as well. So I attend uh, a number of one day events throughout the year. Um, so generally on yards, Quite often it'll be fire safety. Um, we sort of know, you know, everybody's got a no smoking sign up. So we hope that's not going on anymore. I mean, back in the day, we all used to smoke around the yard. Um, obviously, we don't do that now. But it's knowing, you know, what potentially could cause you a fire risk, knowing how to control that, um, how what sort of equipment we need there, what sort of things we could be considering. Um, so that's one of the key ones. We've also got manual handling. That's probably the biggest one overall. Okay, we all can put our hands up and say we lift bags of shavings, we lift bags of feed, we drag stuff around. You know, we just don't care. We just accept it as a I've got a horse, I'm going to have to move this stuff. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, horse people, we're typical of it. We just go and do it. Um, I now suffer from quite a lot of back um, problems and hip problems because of all the things that I used to do. Uh, I never used to think twice about carrying two sacks of feed everywhere and, you know, unloading lorries of feed when they came over um, to the yard. So it's about thinking, actually, no, we need to change that just because we've always done it that way. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't be doing it like that. Um, and it will come back to bite you. I've actually just had a hip replacement 12 weeks ago. God. Um, yeah. And that's kind of as a result of previous injuries and, you know, doing things the way I used to. Um, in the equine environment um, and that's kind of caught up with me I'm only 44 it's caught up with me now so it's the, it's the uh, wear a tear isn't it it's not the exactly. wear a tear of your joints that say a typical 44 year old probably doesn't actually have but obviously like you say we, we just we just we just do it don't we we do it without even thinking we do it without like I need to get to A to B right what's the quickest way for me to get there or the easiest way for me to get there um, and we just think, right, okay, lift it and just, I mean, I, I think I'll probably be the first one. And I'm sure there's many people that are listening going, yeah, well, I do that. Where you kind of just think, oh, I only have to go like two stables along. Like that's only going to take me like 20 seconds to walk down. I'll just drag it or I'll just, you know, lift it in a very awkward position. But yeah, exactly. We all do it. I'm still guilty of doing it today. Um but it is something that is a big problem. And that's across all industries, not just the equine. Obviously, I focus on that. Um, but there is a real sort of gap there where people just, we do, we just think, yeah, we've just got to do it. We don't really know how else to do it. Or like you say, it's that time thing. You know, oh, I've left my wheelbarrow at the other end of the yard. It's going to take me ages. I've got to go and get that. I need to get done. I've got other stuff to do. Um, but we really need to start to take that step back and appreciate the potential harm that we could be causing. We might be fine today. We might be fine tomorrow. OK, but it will catch up with us the more we do it. And once you start to get those twinges, 
okay, we need to start thinking, actually, I'm not doing something quite right here. We need to really think about it. Um, and I really want to get people to understand that and get that message across. Um, you know, just by taking a little bit more time and just by thinking a little bit about more about what we're doing, hopefully we can reduce those injuries because um, it is one of the big problems. And when it comes to having um, uh, a health and safety officer out in the workplace, can you talk us about what the requirements are for that? Yeah, absolutely. So you're not, you don't have to have somebody. Um, so the legal requirements are under the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974. If you have more than five employees, okay, you are required to have a health and safety policy um, under the health and safety um, management regs from 1999. You are required to have um, risk assessments and documented procedures in place if you employ more than five people. Okay, if you don't, that doesn't mean you can just forget about health and safety. Okay, you still need to recognise potential risks and hazards, but you don't necessarily have to have them all formally documented. Um, you've just got to be aware of them and show that you're managing them. Um, you don't need to employ a health and safety person to be there all the time. Um, this is why it's good to take advantage of a consultant. Okay, so somebody like myself. Um, that can seem a bit scary to some people because they think, oh my God, that's going to cost me loads of money. Um, it's going to be a load of time involved. Um, but that's not the case at all. Um, you know, as I said before, it's about being realistic and working out what we can do. Um, and, you know, you can get a health and safety review. You can get somebody to come in, give you advice, set you on the right path. OK, and then you can learn to manage it yourself. OK, you don't need to have somebody there all the time. Um, you know, it's not about creating loads of extra work and paperwork and costing you a lot of money. OK, it can be achievable for any yard. It doesn't matter how big you are. Okay, and what what is the actual law like? So, for um, a, a you know a livery yard, a riding school, or just um, a small yard, or any any sort of equestrian type place, or or agricultural like a farmer or anything like that, what is the like what has to be have legally by law in a in that type of environment? Okay, so under the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, that is what we call our Enabling Act. So it's kind of an overriding act from which we develop all our other legislation. Um, but with the Health and Safety at Work Act, to cut it very shortly and put it simply, um, we have a requirement to have a duty of care. So if you're an employer, you have a duty of care to your staff, okay, to make sure that they have a safe place to work, to make sure that they have um, the correct equipment, Okay, to make sure that you've considered the risks, um, you've, you've, not, you've written your risk assessments, um, you've provided them with somewhere where they can go that's clean and, you know, safe to go and get their lunch or, you know, use welfare facilities even. Um, so you have that duty of care. And then as employees, we have a duty of care to our employer. So if our employer provides us with training and instruction we've got a duty of care to follow that we have a duty of care to use equipment if it's been provided okay um and we have a duty of care to each other so we it's about not putting anyone else in harm by something that we do or don't do okay, okay so if we you know in our own lives at home if we take a shortcut and do something maybe we shouldn't do we're putting ourselves at risk okay but we should not do that at work we have a duty of care um as an employer or a yard owner you have a duty of care to anyone who might come onto your site to visit. So 
riding school, clients, barriers, vets, horse dentists, physios, anybody like that. Um, any contractors that come on to do any work, maybe you need some building repairs doing, something like that. You have a duty of care to not put them in harm's way. That is the main legal requirement um, that comes under that health and safety at work regulation. Okay. And um, I know because I work on a, a local riding school a couple of days a week. Um, and obviously we have to, you know, uh, ride school. You need a, a riding school license through the local council. And uh, I'm not sure if it, if it varies from council to council, but our, our particular council, I can only speak on our one, is seems to be quite strict um, on paperwork generally. Um, and, um, you know, which is understandable, like, you know, um, safeguarding and things like that. Of course, you need to have that when we work with children and um, mm -hmm. our riding school has um, like disabled clients as well. So obviously you do need to have that type of thing in place um, and obviously health and safety and things like that there. Um, do you find like um, to, for rider schools with licenses and stuff, there is, it is quite stricter now than it used to be? It is much stricter. Yes, um, definitely. Which is a good thing. Um, because as we said before, you know, when I back in the early 90s, when I was at the riding school, we used to, you know, jump bareback at the riding school without holding on to anything. We used to lie under the jumps while people jumped over us. You know, there was no health and safety. When I look back, I'm like, how am I still alive? How did this even happen? <laughs> but it was fun, though, wasn't it? It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> but then you look back and you're like, what? Um, so... Yeah, so it's really good that now we are having these things put in place. Um, the danger is that if people don't know enough about it in terms of people who are setting those regulations, you know, it can become a hassle. It can become a huge pain for the people that are having to put it in place. There's too much paperwork. It's a huge tick box exercise. Um, that's how it can be viewed. And, you know, we need people to understand that we're doing it for a reason. And there is a benefit to doing it. Um, it's good practice you know we want people to be safe we all know there are risks associated with horses and working with horses you know that we choose to do that um but we've got to be careful it doesn't become just this formula formalized you know just fill out this document you've got to do this because it puts people off people just think oh my god health and safety you know I've got to complete this thing or do this document um and it becomes more stressful you know there's enough other stuff going on with other um things and yeah we don't we just don't want people to sort of lose sight of the importance of it yeah and um oh, I just had literally the question at the tip of my tongue and now it's completely gone it's so annoying when that happens um so if someone if a, if a establishment wants to hire you um yeah. and so say that they kind of have some kind of health and safety in place but it could be better what is yeah. the process with you like what what what's the whole process from start to finish okay so the first thing that people can do, <clears throat> excuse me people can do is contact me um you get a free half hour consultation with me so we can kind of look at where you're going i don't believe in going in and brainwashing you and saying you need all these things in place it's going to cost you you know thousands of pounds this is what we're going to do I believe in talking to the people individually every yard's different every requirement yeah. is different so it's about assessing what are the really key areas that we need to focus on um, so we do that during that free consultation um, if the yard is a member of ABRS or livery list they will then get 20% off 
um, any fees for any visits that I subsequently do. Um, so I do work with ABRS and Library List um, to do that so that I can get out there and help more people. Um, so yeah, people will contact me. Then I have different sort of packages depending on what you want. You know, I can come and just do a fire risk assessment. You know, I don't need to look at anything else if you don't want me to, I can just do that, which is often very much a key thing for yards. You know, we, we worry about our horses, we worry about what's going on. Fire is a major issue, you know, and we use a lot of flammable um, materials, obviously with shavings and hay and straw. Um, so it's very much generally what that yard wants. And then I can go and visit. Um, I will go and visit. I will do a full walk round and inspection and um, take pictures, take down some notes, run through any major risks or potential hazards that I've identified. So there are no sort of surprises when I do my report. Um, and then the client will then get a report. Um, and if they want any sort of extra things doing, we can then add that on. It's very much a bespoke package. Um, in terms of what we do um, and then I will then go away I'll put the report together or write some risk assessments if that's what they would like me to do um, any other documentation send that over to them to review and once everyone's happy um, that's it and then I recommend a yearly review because there's a minimum some of the documents you should review yearly um, if nothing major changes in which case we do them sooner um, but yeah that's kind of it then it's, as I say it's about setting the clients on that path to managing their own health and safety confidently without thinking it's just a massive cost exercise that I just need somebody to come in and you know they're going to do all this but it's going to cause me more stress in the long run yeah and um is with with the acts that you talk about like the health and safety act and everything like that is there a way that someone it it I don't know if this is a complicated question but um is there a way that in the workplace that that law could get broken and what are the consequences of that yeah absolutely um so if you've got more than five people employed uh, there's a poster that you need to get from the hsa which explains some of the laws to you and um where you need to go if you're not sure <clears throat> excuse me and you've got health and safety queries the hsa website is a really good place to look okay they have lots of information on there they have lots of sensible guidance that breaks down that legislation and makes it more understandable. Um, I don't read legal documents. I don't understand them. They just brainwash me and I'm like, what's that even trying to achieve? It's all jargon yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so they put together some documents that actually make sense of it. Um, there are serious consequences if those laws are broken. Um, if somebody is found to you know, breach that duty of care, okay, if um, negligence is involved, if somebody's deliberately done something um, that they shouldn't have done. And um, there's a lot more emphasis now on directors, owners of businesses, managers, that top line to take responsibility. Um, and, you know, the HSE will investigate and they will find people. Um, if it's really serious, perhaps, unfortunately, there's been a fatality, something along those lines. Um, it will go through a, a criminal court case you know, you're looking at huge fines, you're looking at potential imprisonment or suspended sentences, are things that um, all happen. They are very much um, more involved. Sorry, my doorbell's just rang. <laughs> uh, they're very much more involved, um, you know, now in prosecuting that top level. People have got to take ownership for it. They've got to accept um, accountability for it. Yeah. I mean, there's an instance that I'm aware of, um, where 
uh, a volunteer was cleaning the indoor school but wasn't doing it in a health and safety way that was desired and was told many times during that time, please don't do that, please do it this way, please do it that way. And that person was very adamant that she was going to do it, how she'd done it. Um, and in consequences, fell and hurt herself. Um, and then uh, sued the place and got money for it, even though she was told many times not to do that. But in the end, she still carried on. Um, and it was quite frustrating because, you know, she was told not to do that, but it was her her own decision to do that. But because of the uh, situation and where she was, yeah. Um, then, yeah, so she got a, a payout from that, which was a bit frustrating, but I guess... It is very frustrating. Was... Yeah, and it does happen. And, you know, companies, all companies, no matter how big or small they are, they need to consider that training um, and supervision that they're giving people it's you know you do have to have some sort of documentation to say that you've done this for when these exact cases come up because it's very much if it's a verbal thing that you've told somebody it's their word against yours yeah um which makes it very difficult whereas if you've got some evidence and I'm not talking it has to be a full-on course saying you know if you've explained to somebody this is the task do you understand it yes I do okay sign here to say that you accept those risks and you know what to do if somebody then continues to break that um, and they do something that they've been told not to do time and time again, okay, this can then be viewed as employee negligence. Um, and when it comes to them trying to sue the company or put a claim in, that can often be refused because they've blatantly done something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's about having that evidence. So there is a little bit of an element in health and safety where you do need a little bit of a paper trail it will really help in these kind of cases um because otherwise everybody just thinks oh yeah i can claim yeah um, but actually we need to sort of stop that happening that should be for the genuine things that have um, occurred and then there is a lot more um compensation uh, culture now isn't there so even with our accident books funny enough we a lot of us were on a health and safety course like refresher course um a month or so ago and obviously he the, the first aid guy was sort of saying you need to make sure you write everything down what you said and then get someone to witness it um you know just to make sure that everyone is covered like the person that's injured and the person that's writing the report um you know and it i mean it is good because you do have that paper trail but you think oh it's 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 a shame that it, it's come to that because there's a possibility that compensation could be or you know that you know that culture is more enforced now yeah absolutely it's uh yeah there's no blame no claim thing or um however they call it yeah it, it there's just too much of it you know people think you know they can sue you for looking at them in the wrong direction almost it's just insane and i totally agree and you know it, it is really sad that it has come to that you know if i go to my yard um to do my horse and i trip over something you know that's straight away, you know, it's my own fault. I'm going to take responsibility for that. I'm not going to sue the yard owner. You know, I've ridden other people's horses in the past um, and I had an accident where I fell off and broke three of my ribs and they were like, oh, you know, are you, you're not going to sue me, are you? Well, no, because I made that choice to get on that horse. Um, but I feel like I'm almost from a generation where, you know, we, we do accept those things and we will hold our hands up and say, yeah, 
that's totally my fault yeah. whereas there seems to be a bit of a, a change and there's a an element of a generation where the automatic thing is just oh I can get some money for that so I'll go and sit yeah yeah um but actually we've got to say you know sometimes we do stupid things ourselves yeah. and we've got to accept that yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember, I can't, I've lost the track of times that I've banged my head into like a stable door or tripped over something, you know, a tool that probably, you know, wasn't properly propped up and I've tripped over it or something like that. But that's my own fault because I have not put it back properly. <laughs> not, yeah. it's just, but there's probably lots of times where we've tripped up and, you know, banged our heads and, you know, over things that we should have just, you know, just taken an extra second just to put away properly. But, you know. Like you say, time sometimes is a bit rushed and we don't. Yeah. And, you know, and we should, we need to accept those risks and we need to, we need to have that training in place for the bigger things, for the actual, you know, major tasks that we're doing. Um, and we need to, you know, stop this whole just blaming for the sake of it because it's not fair on the businesses, pushes the insurance premiums up. You know, everybody's struggling at the moment anyway, enough as it is. You know, we don't need that increasing because people are just doing silly things and you know if people won't work in a safe way and they won't follow that training and instruction do we want them working in that environment yeah you know exactly. it's it's you've got to get that fine line if people aren't gonna you know follow that and um and do that duty of care that they're legally supposed to do do we actually want them working on our yards yeah That's exactly exactly and then um i kind of offer this bit part of the podcast is like an open space um for you to sort of discuss anything that you think we may not have covered that you want to sort of highlight um any promotions that you may have on or anything or anything else that you want to sort of address uh, or like show some awareness this is sort of like your open space part of the, of the podcast cool okay um so for me it's really you know i just as i said before i want people to you know understand that health and safety isn't this big scary elephant in the room okay we need to embrace it to a point it should become part of our daily lives um we want to encourage that and just sort of take a step back for a moment and just look around you what is going on around you and uh, we all very much get blind to what we're doing uh, we all walk past things because it, it you know it's, it's always been there um and we need to start going actually you know why is that there should it be there can we change that a lot of things can easily be avoided. Um, I mean, we mentioned tripping over a moment ago. Uh, slip trips and falls are one of the major causes of injuries in the workplace annually in the UK. Now, if we think about that, that's people falling over stuff that's been left lying around. So how can we reduce that? Let's put things away. Mm. You know, and, you know, we do all get busy. I appreciate that. But we need to just sort of start to ingrain that um, in ourselves. And I just want people to understand those risks you know about these accidents that needn't happen um make sure depending on the size of your yard how many people you employ make sure that you understand your legal requirements mm -hmm. okay um you need to have a health and safety policy you need to have documented risk assessments if you employ more than five people um and again if you don't employ that many you still need to recognize the risks and hazards but it's about getting that across you know understand the legal requirements and what you need to do um, to help keep your employees safe and you know, ensure they've had that training. Um, yes, you know, they might have come fresh from college 
um, fresh and summer, they've, they've done all their horse qualifications, which is absolutely brilliant. They know how to look after a horse. Mm. Often the bit that gets missed is actually how do we look after ourselves? Um, and, you know, they need to understand your yard rules, what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable mm. um, to make sure that you keep everyone safe. And that's going to be different everywhere. But make sure they understand it because we just think that's fine. Everyone knows what they're doing. They know how to muck out. They know how to put bandages on. Yeah, brilliant, actually. But do they know how to look after themselves? Um, and I think we're seeing a lot more of the mental health awareness coming through now as well. Um, because again, there's that issue. It, it, no one's ever talked about it. But I know from previous yards I've worked on, you know, the mental health, anxiety, stress, um, potential for bullying. You know, it's something that still goes on. And that's something that very much needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, seriously going forward as well. It's a big part of it. But it, again, it's still a bit taboo. People don't really know how do we approach this? How do we talk about it? Um, I'm going to bury my head in the sand. That doesn't happen on my yard. So again, that's something else we need to keep getting that awareness out. And um, actually Riders Minds, if anybody's not heard of that. I was um, just going to say them because they're such a good um, charity, aren't they? Absolutely. And I support them. Um, I've got a link on my website for them as well. Um, because again, they focus on the equine industry because there's there's lots of things about it. you can go on mind, um, and there's all sorts of other charities as well that are really, really good. But as equestrians, we're in quite a niche area and we actually want to feel that people, other people understand us. Mm-hmm. We're not just the girls down at the yard or the boys, no. you know, it's not just we're just playing with ponies. It's a serious thing, it's a big industry. And we want to feel like people are understanding that. Um, so Riders Mind's very good. If anyone does have, you know, any concerns or they don't want to talk um, about it, they want some guidance, um, you know, do talk to them. It is a really good website to look at and really worth talking to them. I think you're totally right. And I think with the mental health thing, I think there is definitely a lot more conversations happening now than what even say like five years ago. Absolutely. Um, which is like you say a great positive step um i think uh, funny enough i was talking to um another lady on one of my other podcasts about this actually recently and we were saying that um sometimes i think people questions you know we're very hardy we're very like no i can do it no i can um and power through and do everything but it's it but the movement is there it's slow but there is definitely a movement and we've like charities like that um there's a there's um an account on instagram called conscious equestrians i'm sure it's called conscious questions i had them on my podcast um last year she's very into sort of advocating the um mental health and the questions so that's another point to go to as well um so yeah so i'm really glad you brought that point up because it's really really important that we look after well funny enough you started the podcast saying about looking after our bodies and manual handling and now we're talking about our minds as well so it's an- yeah it's the whole thing and it very much mental health was sort of the forgotten thing within health and safety you know we look at the things okay that's going to cut us if we touch that that's going to hurt our back if we fall off that we're going to get an injury um and there has been this thing and I said it um when I was on the farrier podcast last year you know, think about your farriers when they come on um, to do work on your yard. You know, they pitch up, they're expected to work in all sorts of conditions. And I said to them, you know, why, why do you do this? Um, but it's, it's that whole, it's always been like this. We just suck it up. We just do it because that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be like that, you know. And 
you look at the vets and the physios um, and the dentists and they come onto your yard and they won't even touch your horse till they've gone through a whole, you know, form and checked and you know they're not going to put themselves at risk rightly yeah. so mm. um but the farriers we just expect oh yeah they'll just pitch up they can go get the horse in they can stand in a muddy field and we expect them to shoe our horses and it's just wrong there shouldn't be that expectation anymore we need to get away from these assumptions that you know we don't matter we don't count because you know we work with horses um and people perceive it as not like a proper job yeah um you know it's one of the most agriculture is one of the most dangerous jobs to work in and you know I count equestrianism under that as well you know yeah. a lot of it you're on farms you're in that still in that environment yeah. we're working with live animals we don't know what they're going to do at any given moment um you know there can be lovely one moment moment my horse um myself she's absolutely lovely really really nice chestnut mare but a good one um and I went to the field one morning and I was checking her over because she had been out overnight um so I was doing the responsible thing by checking my horse um and she just turned around and kicked me straight on the leg just for no apparent reason um so you know they're they're always going to do things yeah um, but we've you know we need to do whatever we can to help ourselves and look after ourselves and be in our best condition that we possibly can definitely definitely and we thing is we always put our horses first we we're right at the bottom of the pile aren't we we never look after ourselves um and I wanted to ask you do you offer um like health and safety courses for like staff members and own like yard owners and stuff like could you do like a, a health and safety morning or something like that yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I'm very bespoke. Um, I don't tend to set my things. This is a rigid thing is what you're going to get because everyone's different and I want to make sure it's relevant and people get the most out of the time that they get with me. Um, but yeah, any sort of training packages, um, absolutely. Um, I can train on manual handling. I can train on handling chemicals. Asbestos awareness, that can be another key one. Um, yeah. Old buildings on your site. Um, we've got the, you know, general sort of hazard identification what we're sort of looking for fire safety um yeah anything really um which whatever people want so yeah training mornings I can do online zoom training um because sometimes that fits better around people you know it's quite hard some um sometimes you know we're, we're busy mucking out and doing the yard we don't really want somebody coming on trying to talk to us yeah um and get in the way so sometimes evening zoom sessions I've done before which can yeah. be a good way and, and it makes you accessible to more places as well, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Excellent. Oh, wow. Well, I think we've covered loads there, but I <laughs> round off um, each sort of episode with some quick fire questions. So generally, are you a night in or a night out person? Um, I'm going to have to say night in. Um, night in with a gin. <laughs> it's going to have to be that. Gin, chocolate, Netflix. I think that's come, probably come back more from the pandemic as well. Yeah. Now that's the point where I can't actually be bothered to go out. No, no one can. No one can. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee, definitely. Yeah, need my coffee. Uh, wellies or heels? Wellies, 100%. <laughs> sweet or savoury? Definitely sweet. Yeah, I could not live without my chocolate. Get some no, I'm the same. I've got to have it every day. Literally, yeah, I have it every day. <laughs> um and then lastly book or film oh that's a tough one um I'm gonna say book I don't get as much time to read as I'd like to but I do love snuggling up with a good book 
Definitely. Is, do you have any book recommendations that you've either read recently or there's one that's really stuck with you that you really enjoyed? Uh, no, I like quite a broad range, anything from a good old chick lit to, you know, something a bit more serious. Um, it's very much a broad range. It's just whatever pops up and I think, oh, that looks good and I'll download it. Um, but yeah, some of it's probably a bit trashy, but <laughs> quite like that. <laughs> yeah, it's escapism. I don't want to read health and safety books at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so Jane, where can people find you? Obviously, you talked about your website and your and can you tell us on your social media and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.takeoutthereins-one.com. Um, all the information is on there and then you can link to me. I've also got my Facebook page, um, which is Take Up The Reins, and then um, Instagram at takeuptherains.com as well. Um, so you can find me on all those different outlets. Um, so please do contact me, okay? Um, even if it's just a little question, okay? I'm not going to stop you asking something, you know, um, contact me. I'd rather help you with something that, you know, you're worried about. Um, so do get in touch if you need to. Um, my phone number and email address are on the website as well um, and the Facebook page. Um, so yeah, feel free to get in touch. Please do. Oh, thank you so much, Jane, for coming on and sort of, you know, highlighting these things that we might, we've probably all taken for granted and probably don't actually think about. So thank you so much for actually highlighting it. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of people sort of after this episode thinking, oh, maybe we should do a little bit more of this or maybe we need to speak to Jane or something. So I'm pleased you've come on and, and highlighted it all for us. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely awesome. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And yeah, I really hope that somebody just takes something from this um, and it does help to get people thinking a bit more. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, and as always, guys, if you liked this episode, which I'm sure you will and get so much out of it, please tag Jane and I in your um, social media so we know that you're listening. And I'll speak to you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people. And I will speak to you all on the next episode.